Thank you so much for being here this morning, being here today, seeking God's Spirit. I pray that you will sense God speaking to you. And God has something to say to all of us all the time, whether we're in a public place or a private place, whether we're alone or we're with a hundred other people, God's Spirit is speaking. And if we're listening and we're hearing God will speak to us every day. We are currently in a series of messages and sermons this fall from the parables of Jesus. And for the past three weeks, two weeks ago, last week, and today, our focus is on the parables from the soil. It's amazing what Jesus saw and and perceived as he lived life. What a great teacher Jesus is. What a great teacher he was for the people, the crowds that came to him. And it's a lot of evidence for that. But one of the main evidences is all the descriptions in the Gospels from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of how the people were amazed at the words of Jesus. They were drawn to him because his teaching was different. It was deep. Jesus was the master teacher. And every time we open the Bible to the words of Jesus or a story of Jesus or a healing miracle of Jesus or anything from the life of Jesus should be for us a great treasure because it comes, number one, from the one who is the Son of God and number two, the one who observed and watched and listened and all that that he took in in 30 years that Jesus lived before his act of ministry, all that helped him to formulate his teaching. And so what he said was deep. It was from the heart of God, the Son of God, amazing and profound. Sometimes we kind of forget that he spent 30 years preparing, 30 years watching, 30 years observing and and listening you combine that, that teachability within Jesus, and it was a son of God, and he had an unpolluted mind. He had no sin. He saw things clearly, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. All those things are just evidences of the amazing ability that Jesus had to teach, and people could get out of what he said. And it's the same for us today. If you have an open spirit and an open mind and you open your Bible to the words of Jesus, pick any parable. If you have an open spirit, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God can speak to you about your heart and your life. And he has something to say to each one of us. Incredible insight into the minds and the hearts of the people that hear the words of what Jesus said. Would you look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses, uh, verse 12. I, I want us to think about this and Jesus as the master teacher. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Do you realize that every word of God is there to judge your thoughts and your attitude? It is given to help you to see into things into your life that you might not notice. 
That's how powerful God's Word is. And added to that is the amazing power of the teacher Jesus when he teaches the parables and when he shows his insight and he works the miracles and he deals with people. Well, today specifically, I want us to look at parts of two parables. We're not going to spend the whole time on one parable, but I'd like to look at parts of two different parables and what Jesus says about them. They're both in Matthew chapter 13. One of the parables I spoke about two weeks ago, and I kind of wanted to finish. I wanted to say some more things about the parable of the sower, and I didn't quite get to it, but today I want to kind of finish and talk a little bit about the parable of the sower and what Jesus said about the soil and who we are. I talked about how that Jesus said there's four kinds of people that hear his truth. There are four personalities. There are four spiritual conditions of, of how we listen to what God says for us. And, you know, you, you might be very different than the person beside you. And today might be different than tomorrow. But there's four different ways that we can react to the word of God and the challenges that are found there. Well, in two of Jesus' parables and other writings too, but I want to focus on parts of two parables today, Jesus talked about what I will call distractions. Things that cause us to miss the fullness of what it means to be a Christian. What it means to know God in our hearts and our spirits and feel Him deep within and sense that living relationship with God God wants a living relationship with you. He doesn't want you to do things just because it's a, a list of do's and don'ts and you have to do this and you can't do that. Jesus wants a living relationship with you where he can speak to you and you can speak to him and you can sense his guidance. And there's so many things that distract that. Jesus talked about weeds in one of the parables and how the weeds can keep us from growing strong. And he talked about thorns also. Thorns and weeds. And he talked about how the thorns can, can be a part of our life and choke us. Choke us from being able to truly sense the, the movement of God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The pneuma. The wind. That presence of God in this world today. God wants us to sense that holy presence. And there are weeds and thorns that keep us from doing that. Two of the parables that Jesus talked about, he mentioned weeds and thorns. You think, boy, what did Jesus know about weeds and thorns? My goodness, he lived 33 years around weeds and thorns. I seem to live around the weeds myself too. But, you know, Jesus grew up in a gardening, farming country. And he was constantly watching and seeing. Maybe he was a gardener himself. He may well have been. I'm not sure. But, but he was constantly seeing how things grow, how things die, the potential and how things start out, but some of them fail. And all these things, he relates to the Christian life. And he says, you want to see what the kingdom of God is, is like? Listen to the parable of the sower and the four soils. And, and where do you find yourself in that story? Jesus had this depth of insight about growing as a Christian. And what's important that we catch and we realize and, and we feel. 
I mentioned that two weeks ago we looked at a parable that, that we call the parable of the sower. God has truth for everyone and God has the seed for everyone. But in the parable of the sower, we talked about two weeks ago that, that we all have to make a choice. Are we going to be receptive to God's truth? Are we going to have an open heart and an open mind? Or are we going to be closed and say, no, I, I, I'm not going to even listen. Then the birds of the air come and take the seed away, he says. And then there's the seed that fell on the soil that's too shallow. You know, there is a little bit of a response. And, you know, maybe my parents make me or, or maybe I've been around it and I kind of believe. But you know what? It's really not very deep. And as soon as the wind blows and, and other uh, worldviews come into place or other challenges come, you know, I, I'm not strong enough to even keep my faith. And then Jesus talked about the third soil that I started two weeks ago. And I want to say a few things about he described the soil where, you know, the seed falls into nice, rich ground and it's received quickly. Yeah, I, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And I know I'm a sinner and I don't like that. I don't like that about me. I don't like my attitude. I don't like that stuff on the inside that affects me. And, and you know, so yeah, I will. I will receive Jesus. I will accept. I will walk with him. I'll say, yes, I want to be a Christian. I'm going to live a Christian life. I remember in this third soil, now Jesus is, is talking about the seed that's good and the soil that's good and, and it, it's sown. And the problem is there's also some thorn seeds that are in that kind of soil. And so the thorns grow up along with the good plant. And the thorns become more than the plant can handle. And they overbear and overcome the plant. And, and it doesn't kill the plant. Boy, somewhere in here. Huh. Oh, here it is. Look. Somewhere in here is my zucchini plant. Soil looks great. Sure looks good enough for the weeds to grow anyway. Somewhere in here is my zucchini plant. It will never bear a zucchini. Because there's too much else. Too much else. Jesus said that's what it's like spiritually. When we have too many other things in our lives that choke out the life of the zucchini plant. The faith that God wants us to have. The faith that we by choice make. I choose to believe. I, I choose, but we also allow everything else. And it's too much. Other world views. Listening to voices that do not honor God. Habits that we know God doesn't want for us. Our time, not giving our relationship to God much importance and time, not really talking to God and listening to God. Oh, we're still alive. Yeah, you know, some people say, well, they're still Christians. Where's my zucchini? 
See, that's the point of the third soil is that uh, the plant will grow, but it will never reproduce. It will never really reproduce. It might even look good from a distance. But honestly, it's not strong enough and it's not, uh, it's not deep enough. And other roots have already intertwined with them and it bears no fruit. See, Jesus is talking in the parable of sower about fruitfulness and what's important to us. He actually names three things in Mark chapter 4 in the parable of the sower that distract us and keeps us from growing strong as a Christian. I mean, I don't like weeds, but they come even if I don't... I mean, not that I even chose the weeds or I I wanted them. We know that the seed is good. We don't like weeds and thorns. They get in the way. They overwhelm. They choke off things that are that are much better. That's the way it is spiritually with the things that keep us from being close to God. They distract us. In the parable, the third soil, it's distraction. It's not that the birds of the air come and pull that zucchini plant out and dump it or eat it or whatever. And it's not really that it's a drought and it doesn't get enough rain because, you know, people in the second category, they still listen. You know, they might read their Bible once in a while or they might, you know, they might listen to a teacher or, you know, they, they wouldn't say, no, I don't, I do believe, but it's not deep enough. And when the sun comes out and it gets hot, it's done. But here in the third soil, it's different. Jesus named some things. Several weeks ago, I, I uh, took a better look at my garden. I've joked about my garden before. My garden basically... Uh, consists of about nine pails of dirt and hopefully something that grows that should, like tomatoes. I really have had a lot of tomatoes this year, so I can't complain about that. Zucchini and squash and, and lettuce and I don't know what else I was in there, but that's not so good. They've been overcome by the third soil, uh, I have to say. But uh, several weeks ago, I went out there, one of my pails... And from a distance, I thought, wow, man, that tomato plant really, that was like four and a half feet tall. It really looked good. I thought, wow, that's great. And I got a little closer, I thought, ooh, that's not a tomato plant. That is a weed. And there was this little tomato plant growing up, right? Oh, intertwined around it. Not a single blossom on that tomato plant. Oh, but that weed, it had overcome it. What about your life? Are there weeds in your life that you honestly need to call the weed? Would Jesus say to you, that's a weed. Jesus gave us three things that he called a weed in our life. First of all, he says that uh, people, first, this third soil, they, they hear the word. They hear the word. They, they, they've been around it. They know the gospel. Man, they can tell you the story. They've been to church every year at Christmas. They they know it. They've been at Easter. I mean, they, you know, maybe at a time they they really listened. And maybe when they were younger, their hearts were more tender. But they become distracted. Number one, 
the worries of life. For some people, the big weed is the worries of life. The pressures of life. All the things that are painful. All the things that are difficult. All the things that cause us to uh, worry and, and maybe occupy so much of our time. And we get so occupied by the things around us that we, we forget about relationship and how much God wants to connect to each one of us. The second thing that Jesus talks about is the deceitfulness of wealth. The deceitfulness of wealth. For some, the love of money grabs them and the love of possessions, the love of toys, the love of security, the love of the right vehicle, the love of the right place to live and all these things are good things, blessings of the Lord. But they also, and Jesus told us, and we know it, we see it, how the desire for wealth and possessions can cause us to to just kind of forget. You know? I have to work. Uh, I should work. I, I, I want to work. I, I forgot. I want to play softball. I really do. I can say that because that, that was me back when I could walk, you know. Play. I, oh, I wanted to play softball. I'd do anything to make sure the calendar was cleared on Tuesday night. I loved it. I love sports, but again, age has taken its toll in some ways. There's a lot of different kinds of weeds. Maybe it's a certain relationship. Maybe it's somebody in your life that you know does not honor God. You know what the Bible says about unequally being yoked or being yoked with an unbeliever. You know it. But down in here, you're in that third soil and you're wrestling with the, the weeds and the thorns of life. Jesus was so perceptive. Maybe there's something you're wrestling with that you know God doesn't want for you in your life, but hard to let go of. The desires for other things. There's so many things that we want in life and we love in life and are important in life and we choose in life. Do they keep you from being a strong zucchini? Do they keep you from being a Christian? Do they keep you from being proud to say, I believe in Jesus and I live for Jesus and I choose Jesus? Do the desire for other things cause you to, to be so occupied with the things of life and the things of the world that, that really Jesus is not number one? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Is God really down here? That's what Jesus seems to be saying to me in this part of the parable of the sower. Choking out what is better. Just like my garden is sometimes. On the edge of my yard, where I beat down the weeds when I cut the grass every once in a while, there's corn planted by someone. I went out yesterday and 
Uh, I looked over the cornfield next door. I don't know if you can find that picture. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's the next one, but I'm not sure there. You know, I went out. And, yeah, well, that's kind of it. Yeah, that's it. Man, and at least in the front corner of the field, I walked up there and I said, I didn't plant a single weed in here. Look at it. The corn in these weeds was like this tall. And I know rain had to do with it because we, we had the drought. I know that. But, man, I went out there and I thought, I didn't plant a single, I didn't plant a single weed there. You, know, you don't have to plant the seeds of the weeds in order to be caught up in them. They just kind of come to you. The next parable will explain that. And where that comes from and how that is. I know that God knows my yard. God knows my spirit. God knows where I can be caught up in the things that do not honor Him. He knows what distracts me. God knows what distracts you. God, God knows that, that uh, there's a competition going on in your affections. Do I honor God with my life or do I choose a different path? Listen to the teacher Jesus and what He says. He knows the good and the bad. And in these parables, He's speaking to us, lovingly warning us to not let the distractions of life rob us of life. The second parable is called the parable of the weeds. Parable of the, the weeds. And it's got some similarities to the first parable, but not all of them you can't... Tra- it's two different parables. and has a couple different ideas in them that I'm not going to cover all today. But I do want to read this parable. In Matthew chapter 13, I want to read from verse 24 to verse 30. This is another parable of Jesus. Jesus told them, the text says, another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I would tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the weed and bring it into my barn. I also want to read another verse, verse 36. And this was after another parable that is recorded, but... If you go on to verse 36, it says, Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. The disciples weren't sure what Jesus was saying when he told the parable. They knew it was deep. They weren't sure exactly how to apply it. So they said, Jesus, would you explain this to us? So Jesus did, and I'm not going to read that part of it. But I do want to focus on really just one element, and there's others. And I'm not going to go into those, but I want to focus on one element that I really want to leave you with this morning to think about the words of Jesus that that catches my attention so much that uh, I think is so important for us to to be careful about. The disciples were curious. Their hearts had been stirred. 
they heard enough to know that Jesus was saying something that they, they needed to catch and they, they didn't want to miss. They knew that what Jesus was saying was important. And so what I, what I want to focus on for the next five minutes or so is right at the beginning of this parable. And I just want to say today, if, if there's anything that, that you can hold on to or kind of stick, just to think about these words right here. I'll read it again. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. That's what I want you to think about, if you would, this morning. But while he was sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. The truth is today, is we don't live in a neutral world. You have an enemy who is trying to rob you of your relationship with God. You have an enemy who wants to deceive you and tell you things that are not true about eternity and about who you are and about your relationship with God. An enemy who will want to tell you what is a lie about what will bring fulfillment and meaning to your life. You have an enemy. Every one of us have an enemy. You have an enemy that wants to distract you and destroy you. You have every single plant. Every single zucchini has an enemy. Jesus probably watched that and observed that. And those farmers that didn't pull the weeds, he, this is what happens. You don't tend your garden and take care of these things. This is what's going to happen to you. You'll grow up. You'll bear no fruit. And so Jesus warns us in this parable that you have an enemy. I noticed about this, this enemy, several things. In the one, in the parable, Jesus describes the enemy as working in the dark. Working in the dark. I think Jesus said that intentionally. You see, Satan isn't going to tell you how he's going to try to destroy your faith. How he's going to try to rob from you faith to listen to God and have that relationship. He just wants to distract you enough so that you will be fruitless and you will give up on your faith. I believe that, that Satan ultimately would love everybody to be a mass murderer. I mean, if he could, he would. Because he came to steal and kill and destroy but it's enough for him just to distract us enough. At least that's what this parable seems to say. It's enough for the enemy to sow enough seed to distract us enough so that we will not be fruitful. He works in the dark. So much of what the enemy does is unseen. And it's cloaked. And we don't see him in it. And so we've got to be sure to look at what's happening in the soil of our life so that we don't get deceived by the enemy about taking away the life that God wants for us. Sometimes we know the enemy, the Bible says, uh, comes as an angel of light. That's possible too. But in this parable, Jesus says he comes at night. He comes when you're not paying attention. In other words, he's throwing out the seed that begins to grow that you, you're probably just not going to, you know, you're not going to see it as, as weeds. You're not going to see it as destructive. It just, 
things of life that are good. You know, like I said, softball for me. You know, I love I love baseball and softball. So when I became a pastor, man, I wanted to be in a church that had a softball team. I'd done about anything to do that. Honestly, if I'm being honest with you, I love playing sports, you know. There wasn't anything wrong with playing softball. I still don't think so. It's the balance of what's important to me that I, I had to come to terms with. What is most important in my life? What is Jesus saying in this parable? All of us have our things that the enemy might, that's good, try to sow in our lives and cause us to be uh, tied to and drawn to and, and become the most important to us. And, and we lose out on that closeness and that relationship with him. So first of all, the enemy works at night in the dark. Number two, the Bible says he's prowling around looking to make trouble. Satan is not neutral. The enemy of your life is not just going to sit back and see how it goes. He will be actively sowing seeds in your life to distract you from doing what's right. We know his name is Satan. That's what Jesus says here in when he explains a parable. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. One translation says is Satan. So we know who it is. You have an enemy. Satan is real. He's alive. He has a personhood, a personality. He is a being that exists. He's a fallen angel. And he is actively, will actively try to destroy you spiritually. So be on guard against that. His name is Satan. And he does want to destroy you. The Bible says that in so many ways. How he wants to destroy you. He, uh, he's going to do this. No matter what. While everybody was sleeping. His enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And, and went away. Beware of your enemy. He has many ways to try to trip us. I've said before that every believer. Every person with even a a mustard seed of faith, even just a tiny bit of faith, Satan will try to distort that in your life. He will try to. Because that's who he is. And he wants to destroy you. How does he try to destroy us? There's so many different ways. I'm going to name four. Number one, Satan will try to destroy you through pain. Through your pain. Through your hurts. Through your painful circumstances, Satan will try to pull you away from who God is. You can take it to the bank. Think about your life, the good and the bad. And if you look at the circumstances in your life that are painful, Satan will try to lie to you about that. So many people live in bitterness and brokenness and the inability to let go of the past because they hurt so deeply. And Satan uses that to grind on their belief in God and their response to God. And the pain in their lives causes them. It's like a weed that grows up in and through and around them. Satan will try to hurt you through temptation. He will put it there. He'll put different temptations for different people. So different, everybody's different. 
Anything that dishonors God or any thinking that does not put God where he needs to be as the creator, Satan will try to plant that in your mind and your heart. He is relentless. Through the love of money, he tempts some people. Through good things and hobbies and fun things, there's nothing wrong with them, but out of balance they are. But Satan will try to put stuff in front of you. Okay, it'll just be for a while. Sexual temptation. Satan will make you think everybody's doing it. If you watch TV, that's what you'll believe. Where does Satan hit us about sexual temptation? The stuff we watch with our eyes and we read and we listen to. You can't find hardly anything out there in the world view that honors God with our sexuality. And now it is so completely under attack about homosexuality and about gender confusion. I mean, you read the, 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 the papers and you listen to the commentary for 95% of what's out there and it will just tell you that you're crazy if you think there's anything wrong with doing anything you want to sexually anytime. And I'm afraid because it's there and we don't have the willpower to turn it off that, man, talking about weeds. What do you expect? If you take into your heart and your spirit things that dishonor God, and you know they dishonor God. I mean, if you're honest, you know that. You know that. And if you don't know that, God can show you really clearly and quickly what's right and wrong. But the stuff that's out there, if we just keep allowing it and listening to it and and taking it in and all those things, how can we expect to have a zucchini grow out of our life spiritually? Do you know how offensive sin is to God? God hates sin. His heart is broken by it. Satan puts those temptations out and He just makes you think it's no big deal. Everybody does that. You know where that's from? That's from the enemy of your soul who's planting seeds. I mean, you can hear 5,000 times, sex is okay anytime you want it, anywhere you want it, any way you want it. I mean, but never, ever is it ever true if it violates what God says. Either we believe and we nurture that faith and our soil is is responsive or we allow the thorns and the weeds to destroy us spiritually. You can look really good but be dead spiritually. You can sit there and make everybody think around you that you're close to God. That's one of Satan's ploys. Oh, I look good on the outside. Distractions, I've talked about. Opportunities. Opportunities. Sometimes Satan 
tempts us with what's ahead and what might be. And there's so many different hooks of Satan. I just have named a few of them this morning. Your future. God cares about your garden. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, is just a, a warning. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Boy, you gotta, you got to stand up for what's right. You've got to choose to. The Holy Spirit wants to help you to do that. On one hand, you have the enemy, and you have Satan, and you have the temptations, and all those things that are there. On one hand, and on the other hand, you have the, the teaching Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you go to that next slide, please? You have two options. Two options. Listen to the enemy. Dabble with the enemy. Or, oh, be what Jesus says when He says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Oh, today, hear the heart of Jesus. Hear the words of Jesus. Hear a God who loves you and wants you to have life and have it to the full. Would you stand, please? Dear God, I come to you today and my heart feels heartbroken many times when I see that weeds and thorns have become the garden in so many people's lives. God, every one of us have to pay attention to those weeds. We all have different weeds. We all have different thorns. And if we don't tend to them, they will become bigger and stronger and suck the life out of us and our relationship with you. You have said on one hand, God, that no one can pluck, can pluck us out of your hand. But on the other hand, you've also told us that every one of us have choices to make. And these parables are about choices. Help us to know that we can be secure in your grace. And also, God, that our salvation will uh, we'll be strong as we listen to you and we put into practice the words of Jesus and these great things about these parables, God. I imagine that there's some here this morning who are wrestling with the whole idea of the weeds in their life. I, I, I'm sure of that. They're deciding, is it true, is it not? Am I going to lose out with God because I have not tended to the weeds and I'm not sure about my life and my choices, but I pray that those that feel that way today would, would pray right now and say, God, I want to have the right priorities. I want to love the things that I should. I, I want to know what balance is. I want to know what it means to love God with all that I am. God, there's so many things that are good in the world and we don't need to be afraid of, but we need to have balance. We need to have priority. Otherwise, it's going to look like my pot up here. 
lot of weeds, but no zucchini. God, help us to prioritize the way that you want us to. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your parables. Thank you for your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. I hope you have a great day. Sorry, no kickball. Although, what is it, sunny out there now? For all I know, it might be. But uh, next Sunday, we'll enjoy that. God bless. Bye-bye.